Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 199, episode one of The Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It's Monday, August 23rd, 2021. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Thank you for being a trend. Hot takes down a road and back again. Your heart is chug. You're a pal and a confidant. Uh, that is courtesy of Golden John Ion. Uh, and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! There once was a pod on your device, and the name of that pod was the Daily Zeitgeist. The host came on and said his name, Potatoes O'Brien. Soon may the Miles Gray come to bring us cold brew and weed and fun. One day when the COVID is done, he'll go to Tuscany. Yes, you're so right. I will go to Italy once things settle down. Shout out to Paul Gattaventa for that one. I believe you also in the uh, Zeit Gang Fantasy League. I see you a few points behind me over there, Paul. Uh, and I think that was the Wellerman, the sea shanty that everybody was loving uh, oh, earlier this year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wait, what's the Zeit Gang Fantasy League? Fantasy what? That's for the fantasy football, mate. Premier oh, League. Premier yeah, League, mate. mate. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, like, you get a bunch of points when somebody scores a goal? Yep, or yeah. gets a, you know, takes a penalty, saves a penalty, an assist, Got and things it. like that. Got yeah. it, mate. Is that how fantasy sports work? Mm-hmm. And, and each sport is different based okay. on, like, the rules of it. But, yeah, it's this one's pretty straightforward. So, yeah, shout out to... People are doing really well in that league, so I've got to step my game up. Well, Miles, uh, we are two days out, baby, from 6 p.m. PST, 9 p.m. For all you tweakers on the East Coast, we are bringing you the year 2000 in a live streaming audio-visual extravaganza. Interactive. Interactive. We will uh, riff on pictures. We'll talk Tom Hanks' P-Fetish. We'll quiz a couple of y'all. We will. Uh, I'm going to dress like the biggest douchebag from the year 2000 that I can possibly construct using the uh, thrift. Which is me from the year 2000. Yeah. So I have the necklace. Uh, it is a hate Don't crime. ruin it. Don't ruin okay, it. Okay. Yeah, come on. Just all right. All right. I'm just yeah. saying. All right. All right. Yeah. Don't, and don't <laughs> fuck around because you know, you'll see the whole crew. Us there plus special guest Chris Crofton. It's going to be wonderful. Go to momenthouse.com slash the daily zeitgeist. And if you can't make it at the live part, you can still watch it on demand and still support the show. So, hey, grab a ticket. Pull well, up a chair. We'll see you there. It's going to be fun. But, Miles, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat oh, yeah. today by a very talented journalist, activist, and stand-up comedian. She hosted and was the head writer for Newsbroke on Al Jazeera, uh, has hosted specials on MSNBC as a regular contributor to the Young Turks. You can see her and hear her on the very funny and informative must-listen podcast, The Bituation Room, yep. and a bunch of upcoming live dates. Please welcome the hilarious and talented Francesca Forentini! <laughs> Thank you so much, Jack. I, I Almost think stuck the landing I know. there. Francesca yeah. Fiorentini. Hey, hey. Crushed it. Thanks Sorry about so much that. for having me. <laughs> so good to have you. How, yeah. how have you been? Real good. Real, real good. I will be in Portland on September 2nd. Yeah. Which is a Thursday. I saw that. I'm going to plug a live event. That's a live live. Like we can reach live out live. and touch. Yeah, yeah. Indoor, um, outdoor. What's the, what's the situation you know, out there for the shows out there? It's going to be indoor vax card checks and uh, okay. masks, but but like a uh, fallback for a parking lot situation. Oh, like you'll pivot if... if, if, if yeah, if I'll just jump on top of a dumpster and, you know, just clang around like stomp. Um, <laughs> and, you know, that's pretty much the, the yes, plan B. Do my rhythmic comedic stylings. Come through <laughs> yeah. for that. All right, Francesca, we are going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. Uh, First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of the things that we are talking about on today's episode. We gave uh, Mike Richards the TDZ dump. We we did one story on this fool as being the host of Jeopardy, and he is already fired thanks to the Daily Zeitgeist episode. (laughs) Just like Jamie Spears' conservatorship. Thing. Yeah, exactly. When we had Babs and Tess on. Yeah. yeah. Like moments later, we're yeah. going to talk about the feds going hard on the Black Lives Matter movement, which is shocking, I think, to everyone. We're going to talk about COVID being the leading cause of death among the police, uh, hmm. the ballot of 
broke Bobby. We will talk about the uh, Tesla robot, all of that, plenty more. But first, Francesca, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history? I was just looking because I just, I use DuckDuckGo. Uh, yeah. They're not paying me, but they should. DuckDuckGo <laughs> is a much better search engine than Google. Yeah. And you can rely on this like cute little cartoon duck to not, you know, steal all of your information. Nice. So I just this morning, they have a great app and you can like erase your entire history and like flames go through your phone and just like, <laughs> and it was amazing. <laughs> oh, like and you set a spider web on fire. It's like, <laughs> I've never done that. But now oh, I yeah. want to immediately. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was an <laughs> asshole with WD-40 and 14 at one point. Wow. I didn't realize that was a thing. Whoa, 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 whoa. You spray a spider web with no, WD-40. No, no, I was just flamethrowing. I was flamethrowing with the, the WD-40. And then you accidentally caught a spider web. And I hit the spider web. And then, look, the way the spider web went up, I was like, oh, shit. Wow. wow. Yeah. And then my mom was like, what the fuck did I say about playing with fire? I'm like, nothing. You can't say anything. Idiot. She's like, what? I'm like, nothing. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so scared of you. What? So, DuckDuckGo so will, like, just flame your phone up? Just make, make Flame your... my phone up so I don't really have anything there. But I was looking. Okay, so I'm engaged. Uh, hey. I believe you're having my betrothed on very soon. And, hey. uh, you know, Matt and I are, I'm going to get real. We're, we're very good friends, you know? Mm -hmm. We're, like, we're the, like, yeah, I'm not only marrying someone I love, but my best friend. Like, yeah. we're best friends kind of thing. Yeah, if Which, he threw a party and invited everyone he knew, you would he would see the biggest gift would be from you, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. Probably that, get that. Did you read that in a fortune cookie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's from you the... You read uh, that on a throw pillow or some shit? That's from the uh, Golden Girls theme song. <gasps> wow. I, I take everything I just said back. <laughs> <laughs> I so y'all are best friends and you and you finish each other's sentences. You're so yeah, in yeah, step yeah. with each other. But but I am like, you know, I've always thought that it's like, yeah, but you need more than just being your best friend. So obviously, you know, you, I'm like Googling, like, should you marry your best friend articles, you know, <laughs> straight. And, you know, I look, the answers are bad. All the articles I'm right. reading. I mean, they're good, but they're also right. bad. But but I remember years ago because I've also been divorced like or I'm, I am divorced. Years ago, there was a great article from some dude who was clearly, if I met him, I'd hate him. But he was like, um, I asked all of my wedding guests to tell me what the secret to their marriage was, you know, and he like pulled them and blah, blah, blah. And it was it was actually really interesting. It was like a lot about like mutual respect, like mutual respect is that thing that you really need. Mm -hmm. And and then I think like, you know. So that comes obviously from like being friends, whatever. Anyway, I'm fishing for, I can't find the same article. So I'm fishing for like reinforcement that, that yes, you should marry your best friend type thing. Mm. But if enough brides are blubbering about it on their wedding day, then I feel like that's a good sign. Yeah, I feel. Yeah. I mean, I think, look, I think the only one, I, I don't even think it's a red flag. It's just a, it's a gray flag was mm -hmm. obviously the faux pas, the flub with the ring selection. You know, we, but I, yeah. even that, big... that that feels like you're able to overcome that. So, you know, I mean, y'all can, can do it. Yeah, How did the you ring haven't go? seen Have us behind have... the, you know, the new one's on its way. <laughs> okay, so we it's did, being, we did remedy that. It's being mined by uh, white chicks who went to Sarah Lawrence. It had to make its trip <laughs> all the way from that, <laughs> that uh, mine over there. And mm -hmm. it's a very particular, it's, it's a sort of like uh, reparations for rocks, you know, it's, it's. It's a white slavery line. And anyway, they're they're working on it. And I'm excited for when it arrives. So yeah, we're gonna remedy that. But yeah, you know, I'm getting I'm doing the like the pre the like engaged jitters of like what sure. are the things, what are our what are our problem areas mm. that we're gonna just sort of highlight to so like, you know, if this is for realsies, you know? Yeah. yeah. But I feel like y'all if if you're together that long and you already have that friendship, that's like the hardest shit. It's like people who'd never think about it and then get married are the people who have problems. That's true. And and you both, I think, have, you know, understand each other's careers and what you do and what you're passionate about. And you're willing to support each other. And that's really what it takes, you know, versus sure. someone who's going to be like, I told you doing all that ha ha shit wasn't going to pay off <laughs> and like harbor that kind of shit the whole time. Yeah, that's not going to fucking work. That's fucking hilarious. You know? 
Let me put that in your little stand-up routine. Is, yeah. Yeah. That is such a, it, it's, I've had exes say that to me. Like, I thought yeah, if no, you, like, real. wanted to do comedy, like, you probably would have done it by now. Like, oh, Woo! thanks, buddy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I know. Yeah. And it's tough being a creative person and being with someone who's, like, like an accountant, you know, who's, like, yeah. had their path, like, nailed on from college versus other people who roll in that dice to express themselves a little bit or just any field that might not be as, like, consistent. And yeah. to be in a relationship with someone like that, it takes understanding and respect for them to be like, that's what my partner needs to feel happy. And I want to support that because my goal is to have a happy partner. I mm. mean, we're going to get into a story that is going to make me rethink whether or not I should have just married for money later <laughs> in this episode, though. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like if neither of us makes it in five to seven years. Yeah. Uh, we might just murder each other or like, <laughs> do some like joint, you know, murder some. Yeah. 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 Know, at the same just time. Like natural born killers. You guys go on a romantic oh. killing spree. Of yeah. Some sort. Yeah. Yeah. That very romantic. Fun. Anyway, that's TMI up top. Yeah, yeah. But you yeah. asked. Or just do some comedy sets on a COVID cruise ship or something. <laughs> and you're like, fuck it. Let's just go out like this. What is something you think is overrated? Okay. The show Ozark or Ozark's. Oh, I don't even the, know. Yeah, with what's his face? Jason Bateman. Yeah. Who is so ch hot and like such a dilf and like I really like him. But like there's only so much deadpan. Like, hi, um, I am a middle class uh, a white man who uh, is just going to run your town. And you're going to trust me because I'm a middle class white man who uh, talks like this and incredibly self-assured. And mm -hmm. I know money and numbers. And uh, now I'm going to just run your entire. And it's like. That's never going to work. Why would that work? Why would you suddenly be allowed to launder massive amounts of drug money through this town because you speak like that? And it was like, yeah, but I voted for Obama and I worked on Obama's campaign. And you're just, I don't know, the whole thing. I'm just like, I'm so intolerant with shows. And as soon as I, I've given it enough and I'm like, I can't suspend disbelief anymore. It's an overrated show. People love that show. And I'm just like, eh, it's a knockoff Breaking Bad. And yeah. it's not good. That's why mm -hmm. I never watched it. But I got through the first three episodes of the first season and it and i'm i'm sort of like the same way not where like i decide that it's over but the second i lose momentum that's my subconscious being like no nah, we're not fucking with this right or you're like paying more attention to your phone when you're right watching. right right exactly i'm like i'm looking at air purifiers when everything's <laughs> going on i think i fuck with air purifiers more than i do with ozark the outsider was cool though on hbo and that was kind of wild i'll try it that was a jason bateman that that's one of those show titles that when you pluralize it, it it's funny to me. For Ozarks, is <laughs> funny. I, I feel like that's a nice little, also slight to it. Ozarks or whatever. Yeah, mom. Fuck yourself, Baton. Baton. Yeah. Yeah, mom. Moms have been just like disrespecting Hollywood for so long. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. My dad calls uh, Brad Pitt Brad Pitts famously, and <laughs> I do love that. What is something you think is underrated? Okay, so this is a band that is uh, like a psychedelic cumbia band out of Colombia, and they're called Bomba Stereo, and they've been oh, around yeah. for yeah, they've been around for a while, but it just popped up into my feeds because this guy named Walter Schaub, who's not just a guy, he is the former director of the Office of Government Ethics, which I didn't know was a thing until Trump became president, and he's like tweeting, he's such a good follow on Twitter. Because he's like he holds Biden accountable for all the same things that he held Trump accountable for or like, you know, whistle blew on, on Trump. He, he left the administration early days and the guy's just kind of like no bullshit. And I appreciate that. And he like tweeted out that he loved it was something like, I don't know, some tweet about like instead of being on this crap platform, let's like all listen to Bomba Stadio or I wish I'm trying to work like Bomba Stadio into every tweet. And it got like eight retweets. The guy has like 700,000 followers. Nobody knows what he's talking about right. except me. And I, and like I was like, oh, my God, Shabby, we're going to be <laughs> Let's dance funny. to Cumbia. It's always funny when someone like there's like a track or something or like someone mentions a band that to you feels like, oh, my God, the fact that you even articulated this thing about the band, like we, we, we're going to get along. I already yeah. know. Uh, and he's like, the video for Soy Yo. Oh, my God. Y'all got to don't sleep on that. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, if we ever were in the same place, he was like, it's a deal. It's a date or whatever. I was like, OK, but <laughs> not that much, you know, because right, right. I'm like, if we were in the same space, he'd 
totally try to like you know do the like I'm gonna lightly put my hand on the right. like on your, the small of your it's back. It's a deal. <laughs> it's a date. We're dating now. Yeah. We're going now you're steady. my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I pinned her. <laughs> Are we? Do you think we're gonna get like sort of a a new wave of psychedelia like in the world of just music and film and just like culture, I guess, in general, now that I, we're like realizing that psychedelics are like spiritual wonder drugs? Probably. I mean, even but if all things the wackiest people are realizing that, <laughs> right? All, all the least creative people are more than it being maybe tied to the use of psychedelics. I feel like just because everyone's so disillusioned that yeah. it'll probably make the art pretty good because people are like have quickly like abandoning these other ideals they had and looking for new ones. I feel like there's probably more art to be created in that part than just like tech bros being like, yo, dude, I fucking right. did some poison dart frog fucking venom. Right. And Chatsworth last night. And you're like, okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like our generation's like psychedelic art is kind of the anti art. I mean, it's, it's like anti-production where everything is much more memey and pixelated and like, you know, it is it's the Vic Berger stuff of like zoom ins on media. So it's like yeah. this, like that feels trippy yeah. in and of itself. Yeah. Like uh, a bad trip. Our, yes. <laughs> our version oh of. Uh, yeah. It's like post media media. Yeah. 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 That's a good point that like the the people who are finding out about psychedelics are like the people who used to be into beer commercials, like and quote beer commercials as their like sense of humor they're now going to be like creating a psychedelic memes psychedelic toxic masculinity <laughs> <laughs> no 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 that that is very much a thing like no like what that aesthetic looks like like what's what do we call a psychedelic toxic masculinity like well how does that what's that look look like uh just like tripped out sexual assault it's just you know. <laughs> in, in baggy linen pants yeah not even yeah maybe there's a whole like web of particularly the Austin scene of like wellness, fitness and like anti-vaxxers that have created lifestyle brands. If you've heard of that guy, Aubrey Marcus, he does he has a lifestyle brand con on it that he just sold for a bunch of money. And he does like retreats where he goes with like to do like treat Trump, you know, traumatized people supposedly and it's like he's all about like free love mm. and psychedelics and you know we're a daily beast article away from finding out all of the non-consensual crap that went on in there right. and it's like mm, you know it's it just I, I was getting into it for a story i might pitch or hoping to do and anyway it's uh it's not good people yeah right. yeah when you there's a picture of him like touting a kettlebell mace workout like oh like an like a exercise I have not really seen, and he's just like posing like this, all shredded up. I'm like, yeah, there's yeah, the, yeah. Where's this going? Yeah, it seems like it's just a, the anti-vaxxer kind of shit is just as big on the left as it is on the right, or not quite as big, but it's getting there. Or, um, or I mean, in you know, I guess liberal cities where yeah. the whole idea where like you can just sort of jettison your connection to reality and be like, I'm on this wellness shit and wellness I have a $70,000 really... crystal bar yeah. that I serve drinks off of. Because yep. I just read about this whole article about how like the, the most hype fucking furniture in some cities, like there's a place in L.A. that's like these gigantic crystals that they're turning into chairs oh or like God. planters and things. And like, Oh my God, like it's so great to have this big, a piece of amethyst or some shit as like a toilet. <laughs> the plant's going to definitely die. But like too much, too much. Uh, uh-uh. right. right. <laughs> like, all I need is water and sunlight. You asshole. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a, it's more of a circle. I think politically where it's like, there's that, you know, politics is less a spectrum and more that circle. And you see that alliance around anti-vax stuff from the left, supposedly left wellness community. And then the kind of like right word MAGA, like, you know, the guy that made Plandemic is a uh, was a yoga instructor from Ojai. Jesus, you retweeted a video recently that was like a guy in San Diego with blonde dreadlocks who was just losing his mind at a like city council meeting and i was just like if i 
if you had shown me this five years ago, I don't know that I would have uh, had children. <laughs> I might have been like, uh, this is, we, it's like as, it's like, wow, that's as bad as it could get. Yeah, yeah. As yeah, bad as you and could and he looks imagine. like the most aggressive hippie at the jam band festival, yeah. you know, where you're like, no, bro, I don't want to buy your, you know, shitty weed. I, I oh, you trust that indoor stuff? Like, oh, <laughs> you fine, know no, fine, there? yeah, okay, yeah, go ahead, get popcorn lung. I don't care, I don't care. No, he's and he keeps on like stalking your campsite and shit. You know, there's just the whitest, grossest dreads, and uh, yeah, or he also has like a. Like a gnome from Lord of the Rings vibe, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The right. trolls. Uh, are they troll. What are they? They're I'm the. So sorry. What was uh, Gimli? He's a dwarf, right? He's a dwarf. Yeah. 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 It's a. Uh, it's He's a dwarf warrior. That's we all know that we know about Gimli warrior, you know? and that their uh, use of the. Nazi insult is really he he's saying that asking for vaccine cards is is equivalent of being a Nazi. There was a parent at a a uh, PTA meeting in Alabama who after somebody who a health expert advocated for the wearing of masks, they did a Nazi salute. That's that's the new meme is wearing masks and getting vaccines is like Nazis, bro. Uh yep. So yeah, it's, I mean, and look, the this Jews is what it looks run like. It when, all. I mean, wait a minute, no, right. uh, whoops, wait, but it's oh. Hitler. Mm, look, I didn't. My education was bad, so I don't <laughs> right. know what history is. So I just know a lot of talking points or just buzzwords that I string together to get other people to follow along. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be back. And we're back. And yeah, let's talk Mike Richards real quick. Uh, We talked on Friday's episode about all the reasons that his being appointed the the host of Jeopardy to replace Alex Trebek just didn't make any sense uh, or made a lot of sense when you realized he was in control of everything Everything. (laughs) and was just forcing his way onto being the, the host in a way that was like embarrassing. For like should have been embarrassing when he first raised it, but was just a great testament to the way Sense bad decisions get made in corporate America, where like the powerful guy who runs the thing, people are just like, yeah, boss, great idea. <laughs> and uh, it goes right, all the way sick. until he announces, hey, guys, guess what? This great idea everybody's on board with. I'm going to be the host. Oh, cool. Yeah. But yeah, it seemed like everyone, once people found out, like, you know, the behind the scenes is how transparently just corrupt and like the rat fucking that it took to make him the host. Plus all of the allegations from his past gigs, plus the comments he was making on his podcast finally got to a point where he was like, all right, yep. uh, I guess this is bad now. (laughs) I resign with immediate effect and I will no longer be the host of Jeopardy. I just want to read his fucking like part of his statement though, because it's so whatever quote i was deeply honored to be asked (laughs) to the syndicated show my man you were not into the mirror like yeah right thank you and was thrilled by the opportunity to expand my role however over the last several days it has become clear that moving forward as host would be too much of a distraction for our fans and not the right move for the show how about Hmm. it's clear now over the last several days that I'm a total piece of shit who doesn't deserve to rat fuck my way onto Jeopardy as the host. Yeah. That much has been clear. Thank you so much. I'm out. That's I feel a lot of ways about this, you know, because one of the hilarious things, let's just let's just talk about exactly what he did. He like in in terms of the test audience that was supposed to judge which guest host they liked best for Jeopardy. He like right. put himself on all of those. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, did you like me in the blue shirt or did you like me in the gray? <laughs> right. <laughs> and then withheld LeVar Burton, the one who like everybody wanted for the very end and only gave him a single week. And yeah, it was, yeah. Just did not give anybody else a good chance. 
But it's a little bit revealing as to like how and why people lose these kinds of jobs, because, of course, there's the like, he's been canceled for his comments. And I got to say, some of his comments are like exactly what I would expect from a game show host executive. <laughs> like, right. oh, you're misogynist towards women. You want the models to wear bikinis, game show host, executive, right or wrong. That's what I expect. You know, I'm not saying we shouldn't change that culture. We should. It's just, you know, we're talking about it's hard sort of for one the of, course. Yeah. The last vestige of like the, the most mainstream, the most, you know, just like Benny Hill programming that we've got, which are game shows. Jeopardy excluded. Very, very different. Yeah. But then you realize that. And I think it's just gross the way that, yeah, he did rat fuck his way into power and that seems more egregious to me than the misogyny. Although, of course, in terms of the workplace, like treating a pregnant woman, you know, being like, I should have fired you. Yeah, right. Obviously, that's like, you know, and I believe there is a lawsuit for that. That's just straight up illegal whatever. Discrimination. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's workplace discrimination. But there's something so obnoxious also because I've done, I've worked in this area, but on like such a minor, like, you know, internet level of mm -hmm. like, as a host, I've been hired as host pretty much all the time, host and producer. And then you work with a producer who's like secretly really gunning for your job. All <laughs> right, the time. right, right. You know, who's like, oh, but I think I should host this because, you know, and yeah. you're just like, yeah. no, because hmm, that's not, not how your I job. Have done it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I want Given those aggressive notes on your delivery, it's like, excuse you. Can I give you, know, you a read? It like Can this? I give you a read real quick? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Don't give me a read. I'll bite your head off personally. But, but he, it's so common, you know, and I'm always like, if you want to be a host, that's totally go all good. Then you probably shouldn't be the executive producer on this. Just right. like take a year, whatever, be honest about it. Say, you know what? I really want to be a host. I'm going right. to do this, you know, and that'd be a more fair way. No one's saying a producer can't then be a host. I think that's good. But it's like there's a more fair way to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. Than just like in Spanish, like serruchando el piso, they say. They're just like, you're like in a movie like cutting the floorboard out from underneath somebody like <laughs> <laughs> right 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 and they'd be like whoa that's weird he disappeared anyway i'm here now to fill that right. role <laughs> let's move forward yeah like did he give trebek cancer can't we not <laughs> right. prove that right and wait for that report yeah it is frustrating to me that this is being pitched in the mainstream as like in the mainstream account of this as like getting canceled for a thing he said on podcast and it's like that's the least egregious Thing yeah, that you could possibly take away from that, but you know, people people want to believe that we're in a uh, runaway cancel culture, and so yeah, that, that helps with that story. Thank God he's gone. Yeah, <laughs> but he's still the executive producer. Right? Yeah, still the EP though. Still getting right. that showrunner money though. He's all so, good. He's like, fine. I guess we can get Lavar back. <laughs> Although I wish they did that, and then Lavar can be like, nah. look at you. Look at you, huh? <laughs> Look at your ass. No, thanks. Anyway, I'm the new host of Jeopardy, LeVar Burton, folks. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some reports that, that are coming in about how the federal government and just law enforcement responded to the Black Lives Matter protests last year and protests about over-policing. seems like they weren't overly permissive. I guess would be one way. I mean, yeah, this report really it's it's not shocking when you just know, again, when the people, the reason people were in the streets are like, yeah, we have a system of law enforcement that's just built on, a, you know, just racism and white supremacy. And so because of that, it has no other option but to operate in service of white supremacy. So this report is sort of like shockingly during the uprisings over the white supremacist slant and focus of law enforcement. We saw that come to light, essentially. And the, this is a report that was shared with first the Associated Press with the Movement for Black Lives. And it's essentially saying like, hey, look, as the uh, as the uprisings grew larger and part public participation grew larger, so did the policing and the feds showed up in increased numbers and began handing out heavy handed prosecutions to disrupt and, you know, and also they were surveilling certain members of, of, of like certain activists and things like that. And they're like, yeah, it's very co-intel pro-y, if you know what I mean. Right. And in this, like as this group shows, what they're saying is like, look, we also found that in about 93% of the cases that were brought uh, by federal prosecutors against pro protesters, 
There were state-level charges that would have been completely appropriate and less severe, but they're juxtaposing that also with knowing that there were just top-down orders from Trump and Bill Barr to go fucking after people in a much different way as opposed to let you know juxtapose that with the covid shutdown protests where you know you saw some white people bringing fucking guns to state houses Hmm. and shit was all good and so in this sort of body of the report they say well we want to really show how the u.s government has continued to persecute the black movement by surveillance, by criminalizing protests, and by using the criminal legal system to prevent people from protesting and punishing them for being engaged in protests by attempting to curtail their First Amendment rights. It is undeniable that racism plays a role. It is structurally built into the fabric of this country and its institutions, which is why it's been so difficult to eradicate. It's based on institutions that were designed around racism and around the devaluing of black people and the devaluing of black lives. Mm. So now they're calling for amnesty for these protests protesters as well as like you know to get behind policing bills that are actually going to take funding from police and actually put them into communities especially black communities to make them safer so yeah it's like not surprising but when you again you look through and you're like oh right hmm. yeah they they had orders to go harder on these protesters and that completely makes sense yeah no of course and i'm just happy that the movement for black lives did this research and also that it got picked up by news outlets because that can often fly under the radar or they're like, no, nah, no, nah, that's not real stats. It's like, no, no, no. Th- these are or- grassroots right. organizations that actually have more connections with people facing these charges. And yeah, that's why January 6th, you know, hit different. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it was like, everybody like huh. in the huh. in the wake of all this, not just that we were seeing, yeah, like you're mentioning the anti-lockdown protests juxtaposed with BLM protests and the vastly different police turnout. Then you had January 6th, and you're like, yeah, anyone who ever talks about BLM ever again. I mean, that was no BLM, though, on January 6th. Yeah, that was yeah. those were black oh, people right, right, in right. white face looking yeah. like old boomers beating the shit out of people with crutches. It's like and again, the amount of brain twisting that goes on, even when you can you just look compare the two. You know, it's like, let's pepper ball people who are like on the side of a road protesting versus like taking selfies with people that broke into the fucking Capitol. Like, yeah. come on now. Come on. Not, not to mention all the ways that BLM demonstrators have also been victimized by white nationalist organizations and white mm-hmm. nationalists themselves from, you know, Heather Heyer being killed. But multiple people have been run into and over right. by by cars. So, you know who the police is protecting, what kind of speech they're protecting in moments like that is really significant, whether they're protecting people's right to exercise their First Amendments or are they allowing cars to plow into peaceful demonstrators? Yeah. The other thing I was just going to say, and we sort of forget this, but we're coming up on 10 years since the Occupy Wall Street movement. And it's hard to remember how that movement like stopped. And it did stop because of a whole lot of COINTELPRO and police violence. It was because it was very much an Occupy, we're going to sit down, like Mm -hmm. not as much of a march movement, like obviously not nearly as many, you know, black activists involved. The tactics were different, but there was massive amounts of undercovers who were filtering, uh, infiltrating the Occupy Wall Street movement to take it down from the inside. Also then like just coordinating off where plazas, city halls, anywhere where Occupy Wall Street was occupying was fence put up. It was like, you know, they were trying Mm -hmm. to evict a homeless encampment or something like this. So kind of remembering all the ways that no matter when social movements really pop off, left, right, Democrat, Republican, the first order of business is stop them. Just stop them. And obviously, sadly, we don't take that, you know, white nationalists or anyone who's fully armed with an AR-15 who's got a plot to, like, you know, kidnap the uh, a governor, we don't take them nearly as seriously. Yeah. Right. The white nationalists blew up a state building in Oklahoma City, and we didn't go to war on white nationalism for 20 years the way we did after September 11th. It, it was just a thing that people kind of Oh, uh, we got we got the guy and we moved forward and it was just a lone lone wolf. We're, we're well, much yeah, you, happier with lone wolves. You can wolf. you sell more you sell more bombs if the field of battle is in another place in a yeah. far off country, so there's right. more money to be made. I mean, they could drop bombs in the US, but that only happened in Philadelphia yeah, in nineteen eighty five when they yeah. dropped it on black activists because of the move. Anyway, but again, 
history is something is really yeah. something and there's no there's you know like we keep no repeating the same really. shit over and over and over and that's what's so frustrating and i think that's why a lot of marginalized people people who are allies and shit just feel so disheartened constantly you see all the shit that happens you're like fucking nothing you can't yeah. even we can barely have a reckoning with american imperialism and looking at the after effects in afghanistan and people are like oh well you know it could have been done better i guess it's like no dude, go all the way back saying we have to stop this pattern of sending the military abroad to occupy places and in the name of, you know, liberal democracy or whatever the, the cover is. But yeah, yeah, we still can't. It's just very difficult to have these reckonings here. I feel like there are multiple cases of people driving into Black Lives Matter protests that yeah. and it just kind of went away. Like I remember watching one that was like broad daylight down in it was like somewhere Newport in Orange Beach County or, Orange or County. Yeah, yeah. New, Newport Beach. And somebody drove through like came within inches of hitting like a three year old child who was there. And it just kind of went away. It, it it was like a local news story that they then were like, yeah, well, we got to give this person the benefit of the doubt. And it wasn't like a right. big, it didn't become a, a thing. It's Straight just, ISIS tactics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the other thing, too, is then you talk about places like Texas or Florida where they're like, yeah, it's legal to run over someone if they're in the road protesting or it's illegal to be in the road protesting. So if that's the case, then you can defend yourself with your car. But a lot of people noticed when a lot of the uh, protests were happening with Cubans in Florida over what was happening down in, in Cuba, they completely stopped a roadway and the police were like, eh, well, you know, we're mostly we're mostly worried about black people. Yeah. 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 Le black protests or left leaning protests, really, that that's when the big guns come out. Like there was that pipeline protest that I know some people who were at in I forget what year it was. It was like maybe five, six years ago. And the Dakota Access? Yeah, the pipeline. Dakota Access pipeline. And like the, like they were, they were like just deading all cell phones, like hacking into people's cell phones yeah. there, like on the ground. It was just like next level, like data and, you know, technological warfare for people protesting against a like gas pipeline. Gas pipeline, yeah. It's really it's really sad because you you realize you don't realize how few freedoms we have actually in the United States until you try and exercise them. Right. So I've protested in other countries and felt far freer than I have in the United States. I w I've been arrested on a sidewalk protesting in the United States, you know, yeah. just like penned in, done. The order is you off the streets, you know, and like feeling that in that moment. And I was like, you know, I was like. I've, I've been arrested before. I wanted to be arrested the first time for this was against the Iraq war. But the second time I wasn't meaning to. And it like kind of like stung a little more because I was like, man, right. I was just, this I country. Was your, you, know, right. you, yeah. you're, you just realize that actually when you do stick your neck out, when you do actually do some some real organizing and work, there is it will be swift uh, the amount that, you know, that, yeah, your First Amendment rights do not matter at all. You're going to be arrested and purely on ideological grounds. Purely. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Anyway, it's it, what's sad is that that happened a year. I mean, BLM popped off a year ago. I mean, many years ago, but for for, for in, a, in a mass movement way last year. And this year, we've got all these politicians now going like, nobody wants to defund the police. Cory right. Booker making his sort of epic, like, right. ironic stand. And you're like, yeah, but maybe we should. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. but maybe the lesson from not just what the protests were about, but the response to the protests themselves is all the example you need, is all the evidence you need that we really do need to redirect funds away from cops. Yeah. Right. And then because it's all built on this, framework of white supremacist like you know capitalism it the only people who have freedoms are those that are going to exercise like exercise their rights in service of that so yeah. if you run over a protester because you are there to actually cape for white supremacist capitalism then you're all good then right. it's like well you know I had a rough day you know oh you, you know just you, you stormed the capitol Here's a slight, here's a slap on the wrist. Yeah. And only, and, and again, I brought up how there's, you know, their judges were like, why are y'all going so soft on these people? Yeah. Like yeah. they fucking straight up pulled up to the, okay, I don't know what the fuck's going on with y'all. But as a judge, I think this is fucking weak. Yeah. I mean, the selfie, like I was just thinking about the, the guy taking the picture with the guy in the, in the Capitol on 
January 6th versus the person taking a video from their porch in during the right, like, protest. Go inside. Yes. And they said go inside and then yeah. shot at them with rubber bullets. Yeah. So, yeah. Which reminded me, that was like, it's funny because the last time I saw that was in East Jerusalem. Like, reminded me of Palestinians, too. Mm. You know, like, yeah, in their own homes, being shot at, go back inside, being being shot at with rubber bullets, like, from from the police. I don't know. Um, well, no, our, and it's our all, struggles are it, linked, y'all. No, absolutely. And we even talk about how that, in the same way, the same tools are being deployed against the protesters that they refine in Palestine and yep. then bring to the U.S. Because they're like, oh, yeah, it's been field tested on Palestinians. Yep. Yeah. So go 100%. ahead, police departments. Check these toys that we, we, we know we've cooked up for you. Yeah. Speaking of uh, the police, COVID is now the leading cause of death among the police, which mm-hmm. is... Kind of a shocking It's more statistic. than any other cause combined right now. It's all more than all heart COVID. disease. <laughs> yeah, more than Damn. heart disease. Yeah, and it's not because you know it's, it's not because thugs are putting COVID in the fentanyl and right. then throwing it in the air and then that, that's how they're getting it. Right. It's because most of these assholes are too rigid in their thinking and or support of Trump and this whole other culture that they won't get the shot. It's funny, this uh, Atlanta police chief, Rodney Bryant, said, quote, in the profession as a whole, you generally find a lot of skepticism inside law enforcement. Police officers are just overly cautious about things they don't understand. Yikes. They don't move quickly into place without a lot of detail and a lot of information. The apprehension is shared throughout the profession. I mean, that's a really nice way to put it. Oh, my God. Police are apprehensive about this one thing. Yeah. But when it comes to gunning down an unarmed black person, oh, it's super easy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm apprehensive about extending humanity to that person. Right. That's what I'm apprehensive about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're quick decision makers in every other instance, provided they've got a gun. Well, they're acting out of fear. It seems like the whole like every decision that I feel like I see police making they're they're acting out of fear, whether it be a. You know, sure. shooting an unarmed black man or and uh, not getting a vaccine, an owie on your arm. A lot of police departments are under vaccinated. There are some places like Atlanta actually has a pretty decent vaccination rate for their police department. But places like New York, right? NYPD, 47 percent vaccinated. New York residents, 75 percent vaccinated. Wow. LAPD, 52 percent vaccinated. L.A. residents, 72 percent vaccinated. Chicago police, 27 percent vaccinated. 27? Chicago residents, 70 percent. Wow. And you get it. These people are out there every day interacting with the public. Of course, they're going to encounter COVID. And you, we see it in L.A. all the time. We're like, yo, these cops don't wear fucking masks. Yes. They're all, all of them are like, oh, they're all on some weird fucking pandemic shit. But a lot of the observers have noted that it's this combination of, again, this like petulance from them. The police just taking L after public L last year and be like, nobody fucks with us. They think we're all bastards and shit because like, there's a preponderance of evidence that suggests we're fucking monsters. <laughs> that plus they see that the bootlicker set is all on this anti-vax, anti-mask shit. So they're just they're what they see is like, oh, well, we're just going to align with our people, too. There's like this alignment happening with like, well, the people that lick the boot and come out rah, rah, blue lives matter shit. They're also vaccine hesitant or anti-maskers. So they're just kind of, you know, meshing with that same kind of culture. And yeah, it's you, you see the outcomes. Police always trying to find new creative ways to kill people. Mm. And <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's that's what's so incredible about it. But I I will say that one interesting thing is you wonder like, all right, well, why don't, you know, why isn't it required that Mm. police get vaccinated? And I, I think we sort of hit it, right? Which is that a lot of them come from a far right MAGA ilk. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Police departments are having a hard time recruiting in the year 2020 and 2021. Like it's difficult. So if they mandated a vaccine, they might, lose officers yeah right maybe that's the quickest way to start up vaccinate the police vaccinate the police vaccinate the police and then they're like i'm off this shit right. oh my god yeah, maybe perfect. get someone with empathy who has an idea that they have some duty to other people to get back that's not me because i'm a cop mm. yeah so it's yeah, it's 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 a it's a it's a frightening moment, and I'm sure. Look at most of your police departments; you'll you'll see that many are unmasked and like have a very flippant attitude towards everything as well. Yeah. All right, let's take another quick break, and we'll come back and talk about broke Bobby. 
And we're back, and let's talk the ballad of Broke Bobby. Broke Bobby was popping off at the end of the last week. Yeah. I was like, why is Broke trending? Why is Bobby trending? Why is Broke Bobby trending? Uh, Because his TikTok video blew up because this young baller landlord named Tom Cruise, like C-R-U-Z, okay, that's her name, went viral for being, you know, just... You know, just giving us a really clear look into the mindset of someone that's a fucking landlord and just like all focused on like sick ass passive income, bro, because that's like sort of the tone of these posts. But he in the clip, he goes over his like Forbes friends list and it's a spreadsheet that has all kinds of shit about his friend group, like where they're ranked by their income the days they have off and things like that. And I'm going to just play you a clip so you can hear how this guy sort of like his mindset, because he's he's presenting this spreadsheet as like, it's actually a really good way to get everything organized. Like if you want to go on a big vacation. Yeah. And let's it's just, just functional, check out you guys. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just like you're just cutting out a lot of like clutter and like re- redundant steps. So a few years ago, me and my friends started making a spreadsheet, breaking down our incomes and availability for travel. And it looks like this. This is incredibly helpful. Um, if you have your friends broken down here from Sean, my top earning friend who makes over $5 million to who we call Broke Bobby, who makes 125000 How much available PTO we have or pay time off, bonuses, um, how much we're willing to spend on a three-day trip, seven-day trip. Uh, we have some people that are very responsible with their seven-day trips, some people that already tapped out for the year. Marital status helps if we know there's going to be anyone else coming. Our willingness to travel to a third world destination if they're willing to split a private flight and if they're degenerate gamblers or not okay and their dick sizes uh, and their dick sizes micro 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 average (laughs) the yeah this whole thing right the top earner in this sheet is making five million dollars yeah and then like it's just the whole thing they're saying just to give you an idea of what this friend group is talking about they said willingness on what they're willing to spend on a three-day trip the most is eighty thousand. Uh, broke Bobby is willing to pay ten grand for a three day trip. Wow! A seven day trip. One guy's like, "Yeah, I'll do like one seventy five k if we're going to be gone for fucking seven days." Broke Bobby goes a little bit less for seven days. It's just like, how much th- does Broke Bobby make? This is what we have to talk about. Broke Bobby makes okay. So five million is like, as he said in the beginning of the video, his top earner friend five million. Broke Bobby's ass. Broke fucking Bobby's making a hundred twenty five thousand a year. Wow. Plus bonuses. Six figures. What the fuck are we talking about? That puts you in the, if you make 125K, that puts you in the top 10% of earners. Yeah. So this is not, you're not broke, okay? Especially when the median income is under $40,000. Yeah. You're tripling right. what the average uh, person is making in this country. And I, to me, I'm like, look, the outrage was very clear, like with this whole, you know, like especially the willingness to go to a third world country. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, those places are way more fun to go to than these developed fucking places. I give you that. They don't want you anyway. It's fun. yeah. And plus, and Skip plus, it. they're going to be staring at your ass because you're wearing you're you're going to look like a fucking mark dressed all fancy in these places, and it will get your ass anyway. <laughs> the whole thing with this this whole thing is like it more so gives you a glimpse into the mindset of people that are essentially the decision makers in many workplaces. Yeah, and it shows you a, com- a complete disconnect from mm-hmm. what broke is. And organizing friends and like and they also organize their friends in order of their assets. Right. And you say like, oh, right. OK, this this makes sense. Your worldview is sort of built around like, yo, how much do you make? Oh, one twenty. Oh, my God. All right, you schlub. Sorry, I don't even know what that means. Like, I don't know anyone who makes less than that. Just to give you an idea of the insulation of my friend group. And I don't know. It's, it's no surprise you see rents going up as well because landlords are looking to evict people. trying to make some more money, recoup some losses from the pandemic. And then you also have like an influx of wealthier people from cities trying to find more affordable housing. So they're putting the squeeze on tenants in other, you know, formally affordable areas. And you're like, right, this is this is that uh, that 10 to 10 to 1 percenter yeah. sort of vibe that people have. And it's like it's so tone deaf. They're the most likely to complain about taxes, spend money so they don't have to pay taxes It was also interesting that the top earners were also the ones who had unlimited time off. Right. Yeah. Because so you just don't need to work once you get to a certain level of wealth, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I mean, 
a couple things. One is I've just got turned on to meaning I was told about the amount of life hack real estate douches that are on the internet. Generally, one of them is trying to become the new governor of fucking California. Uh, another one is like this guy and there's a lot of real estate life hacks people and they're just like, okay, so all you got to do is like find like a really poor Latino family who like can't really pay their rent. And like you see the outside of their house is like chip and paint. Then you go rat on them to like building code inspectors and then you sell their place to a realtor and then you flip that and then you're making $5,000 and you're <laughs> just like... And that's in that's, one day. And that's amazing. And that's I in do one three day. a day. 15K <laughs> a day. <laughs> this is straight up. And so even though many of us and like, you know, the outrage is clear, I think more people look at someone like this guy and are like, hell yeah. That's what I want to do. That's where I want to be. Baller shit, dog. Baller mm-hmm. shit. And and then the other thing I was going to... Okay, uh, obviously, nobody needs a whole goddamn spreadsheet about how much you make in a year to find out how much you're willing to spend on a vacation. Right. You could just have one column. How much do you want to spend on a vacation? Fine. But the other thing is... Oh, this is... So I've been on this trip ever since... The ProPublica article came out that showed just how much billionaires are paying and how much like very wealthy but not billionaire people are paying. And it's insane to me that people who make like $500,000 a year who are paying their fair share of taxes feel so much more allied with Bezos and Zuckerberg and Elon Musk and like fucking rich ass Sean with $5 million than they do with supposedly broke Bobby because they're actually paying their taxes. And instead of being like, yeah, no, we need to create a fair tax structure so that billionaires are actually, you know, contributing to the society that we all live in. They're like, no, fucking fuck broke Bobby. We're just going to go. I'm about to be Elon. No, you're not. Not even Sean's going to be Elon next year or in five years or in his whole goddamn lifetime. So like, that's the other thing that like people with a very comfortable amount of wealth do not understand where they are actually in relation that they're more they have more in common with their uber eats delivery person than they do with these billionaires right well you know at least uh they're willing to split a p-jet you know when they go to cozumel (laughs) dude it's fucking sick willingness yeah and this is the same it's the same class of people that become politicians too you know it's the same hyper wealthy or you know i guess top 10 you know top five percent type people because you think about the number of millionaires that are in congress who equally are looking at they think 125 is a broke ass or just being like i don't know what some i don't know what a single parent on food stamps needs because i don't fucking know what anything's worth 125 is what i drop on a trip to a third world country bro (laughs) right no for real (laughs) <laughs> exactly. I mean, like that one dude, Sean's like, bruh, Bobby, I just spent your fucking salary on Coke when we d- went down to fucking Bogota, bruh. Like, shit was lit. The gambling is also interesting because it's like, right. rather than pay taxes, they pay money to feel alive in like these brief bursts of like, ga- of gambling and shitloads of money. Um, But like, that's the only thing that can like make them feel alive anymore yeah like the fact that that would be one of the things on there is is wild it is also just like not willing to go to a third world country like i pay to be insulated from poverty i don't want to look at it i don't want it to touch me that's why i go to whack-ass resorts if i even go to somewhere like colombia or the caribbean or anywhere um dude we got this like former plantation like that's like this sick ass mansion, dude, and it's like fucking sick. There's like a perimeter gate and shit, so like no one's gonna fuck with us. There's dude. armed guards, yo. Yeah, <laughs> dude, and like the cook there makes these like bomb ass things. They're called like papusas or something. I don't know, dude. Shit's fucking bomb. Though. <laughs> You're like, oh, please. Which you please. only eat at lunch. When I went to El Salvador, I was like, "Can I have a pupusa for dinner?" And they were like, "No." What the fuck's wrong with you? And I was like, "What?" It's a I was lunch. Like, never mind. Food. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. And I mean, I, I, I know how to travel. I have, hell yeah. That was like yeah, I was yeah. testing no. you. It was like ordering no. pancakes at a steakhouse. You're like, right. you're like, huh? But why? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did you guys see the the computer or the computer? Uh, I saw a computer. Did, did you guys see the computer? Did you see the robot that uh, Elon Musk introduced? You mean the asshole in the costume? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he dressed somebody up in a costume. 
But he also announced that he is planning on designing a robot that will basically take over manual labor, help you with groceries. But it it was really weird because he emphasized like how easy it would be to beat up. Like that was his pitch. He mm-hmm. was he in his pitch, he said it is a mechanical and physical level that you can run away from and likely overpower it. So he's like <laughs> so he's like immediately I don't know if that's kind of genius. Like he just realizes the thing people are afraid of is that they won't be able to beat up a robot or like it's like when you like walk in, in on it fucking your wife, which right. is part of it, obviously, yeah, you right. can and throw him off. And like, yeah, that's the fantasy. He's fucking your wife, then you pull him off, and then you beat Get him the up, and then you guys start having sex. Have I built this up too much? It's <laughs> <laughs> weird, right? Okay, that I'll back off. Kind of cool. He's just such a fucking lame, bro. All he does is pump fake with these ideas. Right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, remember, what the, where's the fucking Cybertruck? He yeah. said, 2021, man, this motherfucker out here. Still haven't seen the shit. He and remember, he was like, yes. And he's like, check out this window, bulletproof. The shit fucking broke. <laughs> like, he's, he had, he, this is like sort of in line with like a lot of things he likes to say, like some shit. Like, what happened to the fucking, the, what's that fucking like hyperloop, that tunnel and shit that everything was supposed to move through that he said it was going to get done quick? And so he just has a history of this kind of nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Where I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll believe when I see it, bro. Yeah, all right, cool, cool, I feel like his imagination is stalled out in the 80s because based on the pickup truck that was, like, out of RoboCop, and then this is clearly based on, like, his thinking on robots stopped at Terminator, and he's just like, (laughs) I don't want a Terminator. I I want one that I can beat up. Right. Yeah. I do want the robot from the Jetsons. What's her name? Rosie. Uh, Rosie, sorry. Rosie would be cool. Like, just a robot. There's nothing cuter than a robot in an apron. Right. You know, and I say that with like, (laughs) it's not gendered. It's not anything. It's just cute. And I would like that. Oh, yeah. You can get your XB500, uh, you know, housekeeper bot um, from Elon Musk soon. There've got to be those like, uh, like Roombas, but like that are like kind of cutesy. And I want like a Roomba that looks like a Pikachu in a, in a little apron. Yeah. Is that too much to ask? No, okay. not at all. Maybe for Elon Musk, the guy, because, you know, the the other thing is a lot of these stunts just feels like it's it's just to get it's just to keep the name out yeah. there. Like right. the flamethrower shit, too, was just like something that again was, oh, shit, get the flamethrower. What the fuck was it for? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just it's sort of his kind of how he navigates like the Internet world is just to like try and become a fucking meme sometimes. And you yeah, know, I feel like he has a fun place. All his decisions are made by a focus group of like five Reddit moderators or something. And that's right. just like <laughs> how he's created his career. That's um, very true. I, I mean, but I guess the overpowering thing maybe is something because most of our reactions, like we see those Boston Dynamics robots. Yeah, fuck those. Like, oh, fuck. That, this motherfucker doing parkour <laughs> and doing a flip off of a fucking like three stair. No. When you see those. That frightens you. Don't they look way too light on their feet? Like, maybe that's just me being an idiot. But I feel like you could just, like, pull a rug out from underneath them and be like, ah, you know, or, like, right. put a banana peel and be like, ooh. Like, it just, they be, they Have go down so easy. Have you seen the ones where they try to kick it over and it, like, can't be kicked over? It just, like, finds its balance. Stabilized. Yeah. Oh, that's I upsetting. don't like that. I figure, look, we, there's there's be easy ways. Like, you just get a bunch of fucking rare earth magnets and shit. And just like dump them on them, like got your ass. Let's go. Yeah, time, time to steal all the meat from Target, y'all. They're like we will see jet. RoboCop in our lifetimes, right? We just got done doing a whole segment on you know BLM cops, cops getting COVID. You know what doesn't oh, get for COVID? Sure. Robots for sure, yeah. for sure. You because you know that we've already like Ring has introduced a fucking indoor drone surveillance drone for your house. Yes. What? Yes, this motherfucker will pop up out of its base station and like fly around your house and just kind of check out the interior of your home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we told you to get your shit weeks ago. The fuck are you doing here? And and I think the next iteration will be like uh, perimeter security drones for oh, yeah. like large properties. 
And then we'll begin to weaponize them more so than we do for military purposes. Like they'll be like the one that just has a light taser on it. Right. And then there we go. We're full blown into these other motherfuckers. It's like, and this one has a fucking 50 cal attached to the fucking bottom of it. Yeah. I do also kind of want, in addition to the Pikachu Roomba, I want like two like life-size McCloskeys for my yard, you know? Oh, just to fucking take a dump on? No, yeah, yeah, exactly. Take a dump on, or I mean, I, they'd have to be ridiculous looking to know that it was a joke. But you know, like you know, like garden yetis that they used to sell on Sky Mall, R&P? right, right. But like that, but the McCloskeys with their guns, you know, like right eh. for and Halloween, like that would actually be kind of tight. McCloskeys, yeah. sorry, I thought it was a household name. Jeez. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Uh-huh. Hamburglar and uh, you know pink salmon. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. There's almost no way that Bezos isn't like creating a robot army, an armed robot army behind the scenes, like yeah, like Pinker, Pinkerton bots. Jack. Yeah, okay, yeah, exactly. Like this almost feels like a misdirect. Like he's like, yeah, it's it's weird how much he emphasized that you can overpower it. Like, <laughs> huh? I mean, that wasn't really what we should were thinking about. Should there be about. a glitch? I'm not saying that sometimes it hasn't choked out a few employees, but like, right. should that happen? Right. Yeah. He's like, I'm not creating an army of robots that can overpower you and catch you easily with amazing foot speed. So, like, don't even no. think that. I'm Relax. just creating easy to overpower robots. And if they ever started fucking around and acting wild, all you have to do is to get inside of a Faraday cage and set off an EMP in close proximity, <laughs> right. and they would easily be disabled. Okay. <laughs> I know what you're thinking, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, look, I know this is going. <laughs> uh, Francesca, it's been such a pleasure, as always, having you on the Daily Zeitgeist. Um, oh, my God. Where Over can so people... soon. I know. Where I can know. people uh, find you and follow you? Oh, yeah. Follow me on all the platforms at Franny Fio, F-R-A-N-I-F-I-O. Follow me uh, on YouTube. My show, The Bituation Room, streams every Sunday, 5, 8 Eastern. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah. Is there a, a tweet or some other work of social media you've been awesome. enjoying? There is. <laughs> Juan Cafecito tweeted a gif of someone dressed up like Patrick from... SpongeBob, but in mm. crazy heels, Ooh. walking and writing Lil Nas on his way to upstage the Donda album with Industry Baby. Mm. Uh, I like Lil Nas or Lil Nas X, and uh, it's just the fun. I can't. You need to look it up. I don't know why. I don't know why. It's more of a visual thing. I guess I should have picked a, a, a something that wasn't visual. But but Patrick from SpongeBob in. Um, <laughs> Stripper heels is the best. <laughs> yeah, is this like it's like someone like on a concrete path around some grass? Is that the image? Uh huh. Like in some uh-huh. fucking what are they? They look like fourteen inchers. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. They're like me in all heels, just like. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> Miles, where can people find you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying? Twitter, Instagram uh, at Miles of Gray. Also, if you like ninety day fiance, check out four twenty day fiance with uh, Sophia Alexandra and I. It's a it's a good old time. Some tweets that I like. First one is from Doctor Janay Robert at J E N A Y R O B E R T. Tweeted: I just found out some people didn't have their work email on their phone. Mm. Which sometimes you're like, what is your secret? To that kind of boundary setting. Yeah. Um, and then another uh, one is from at Internet Anya, A-N-J-A, tweeting, love when the washing machine gets to the angry part. Let it out, girl. <laughs> oh, you know. Like, especially when you get a new washing machine, you're like, what the fuck is that? I'm like, uh-oh, we said that part. Yeah, the smash, smash zone. Yep. Let yeah. it out, girl. Let it out. <laughs> Just clomping motherfucker i know i know i know i know i know oh that's amazing let's see a couple tweets i've been enjoying hello colon tweeted blake shelton your name has lake and shell in it a turtle ass name Uh, i agree he should be a turtle and oh somebody Somebody tweeted, uh, you were offered $10 million, but you can never drink alcohol again. Can you do it? 
and which I, I wish that deal existed. Yeah. But then uh, Alexander Fleming tweeted, $10 million is a lot of cocaine. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Footnotes. Uh, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a place that you can buy a ticket to the live show, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Uh, Miles, what song do we think people should be enjoying? This is a track called Screwed, S-C-R-O-O-D, and it's by Jaunty, who is a Stone's Throw artist from South Africa, I believe, but this track is just like very cool vintage psych poppy internet vibes to it and it sounds really dope it's just it's just like one of those artists where you're like yeah you know what that's that's this this feels right and it feels familiar and it's you know if you like things like you know people like bad bad not good he's collaborated with them if you like mark ronson productions he's worked with mark ronson so it's in that vein so it's got the energy to it so this is jaunty j-o-n-t-i with screw you know what's weird about the last name ronson is i never that, so that means Ron's son, which I never picture people like back in the era of like when we were still creating last names being named Ron. Doesn't Ron seem like a weird name for like somebody in like the Middle Ages to have? I What's mean, up, I Ron? <laughs> All right. Anyways, just a thought. I, had. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I like that. It's just from that like one history lesson or that we have where it's like, yeah, your uh, your name is metal because you are blacksmiths or right. whatever yeah. or whatever Smith. goldsmith. Yeah. But it's funny because I'm like, I don't know if it's that one to one or it's like if it's son, that means son of Ron. When I look right now, it says it's a Norman origin from the old French word ronson, uh, meaning workhorse. All right. Shit. Yeah. I, I don't get to imagine somebody in deep history being named yeah. Ron. <laughs> I just like the idea, like the battle, the height of the Battle of Hastings with the Vikings in like England, and they're like, here comes Ron the Terrible. <laughs> Ron the Terrible is great. Oh, you were there at the Battle of Stamford Bridge with uh, Harold Hadradi and Ron? <laughs> uh, exactly. Ron the Terrible Ron the is terrible. the name of this episode. Yes. Uh, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning. We are back this afternoon to tell you what's trending. And hey, we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Bye.